fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm just, you know, yeah. No, I'm fine. It's not even Thanksgiving yet, and you're already kind of food coma and... I, I think that is what I am you're right You're like now. hyperglycemic. Yeah. <laughs> I had a big dinner. Yeah, I might be food coming. That's my. That might be what's going on. What'd you have? Uh, tacos. I I made tacos. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like you know, classic sort of nineteen uh, eighties ground beef, shredded lettuce and shredded cheese. Exactly that. Hard shell tacos. Uh, no, we do soft shell tacos. But that's the truth. Yeah, corn or flour. Uh, f- flour because we we've got small children who. For some reason, don't like corn tortillas. Uh, I prefer a corn tortilla, but um, yeah, the rest of the family likes. I think they like that soft, sort of enriched. Mm-hmm. I like that it soaks up the juices, especially with ground beef tacos. Mm. That tortilla really soaks up the juices, and it's not such a sloppy experience. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No, I don't mind a flour tortilla at all. So, but yeah, just just those standard uh, middle class America tacos. But I did have three of them. Which was, you can do better than that. A lot of food. I mean, I could, but why would you? To to do better than that? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs twenty wings? Right. Yeah. I I do. Yeah, I definitely don't need twenty. About wings. fifteen, I feel good. Twenty, I feel best. I used to think I could eat many more wings than I can actually eat. I think it's age. Maybe at some point I could actually eat more more wings than I can now. In in my early twenties, I sat down and ate fifty wings at Chicken Bones once. I think I I think right now I could do that, but I know I couldn't. Ooh, there'd be regrets. Yeah, like in my mind, fifty wings. I can eat fifty wings, but I know I couldn't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, there'd be regrets. <laughs> deep, deep regrets. Andrew, how are you? I'm well. I uh, I made just like a real run of the mill chili tonight, but last night I made British, like very British inspired fish and chips. Like complete with carbonated water in the batter mixture, they were amazing. Yeah. If you're not adding carbonated water to your fish batter when you're frying fish, you're doing it wrong. Does it just give it a, a made it super light and flaky and fluffy? It was perfect. Interesting. Was super good. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I'm good. You know, just enjoying the tail end of weekend and getting a whole bunch of shit done on the house over the course of my couple days and mm-hmm. got all the Christmas deck. Well, not all a good chunk of Christmas decorations up. Cause it's not supposed to be nice again for like a week and a half. Uh, next weekend's supposed to be, yeah, but I work next weekend. All right, my, my weekend is a little different than yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I got, I just got a bunch done. I'm feeling, feeling accomplished. I, oh yeah. Domestic stuff. Yeah. 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 At, all at the house. I probably, I barring having to take, Mark to class this evening. I could have probably done it all without ever leaving my pajamas. <laughs> Just you know, on the roof. And you, you bought it. Did you get it? You did get up on the roof, some. I did, uh, and I, I immediately regretted it. So the pitch of my roof is significant. I believed that it wasn't so significant that I could safely lay on my roof and hang things on the bottom of my eaves to to mount my hooks for my christmas lights um 
So I got up onto the first pitch of the roof and it was steep, steeper when you, when you get up there than mm-hmm. it looks from the ground. And I was like, eh, it's pretty steep, whatever. And I go to lay on the next pitch of roof and I'm sliding down while I'm laying. Now, bear in mind, the roof is still a touch damp. It's not frosty anymore, but it's still a touch damp. And I'm basically alone. My wife is home, but she's actually even with me. She's upstairs. Yeah, she's about five feet away from you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there's no one holding the ladder. Oh, right there. <laughs> uh, there's no one holding the ladder. And I'm like, okay, I need to get down. And I start to try to get down and I'm kind of sliding. So I'm having to arrest my fall while also aim at the ladder. And I was like, oh, this is bad. I'm stuck. And she's working, right? So I don't know what she's doing. She's at she's at work, just at the home office. And I call and she doesn't answer. I was like, oh, fuck. She's in a meeting. So I just like sit down in the corner of the roof. And I was like, I live here now. <laughs> <laughs> Were you up there for a while? Uh, so I called again and she answered. And I was like, could you come outside and help me? She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. And I hear her run. <laughs> Because she's even with me. I hear her run through the upstairs and downstairs and out the front door. I'm like, I just need you to hold the ladder so I don't fall. So my uh, my attempt at getting the lights hung up there was didn't work. There's a couple things that I'm going to try. Uh, I got some under shingle hooks and I have a pole that I think will be sufficient to hang them. And if not, I will uh, just get one of the ladder hooks to hang over the peak of my roof and go from there. It was eventful. There is still yet another day on the roof. <laughs> Hooray. You'll, you'll get there. You'll get it all done. Yeah. And if not, whatever. It comes down in six weeks anyway. The, yeah. Six weeks. That's right. Delightful. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good. Uh, shall we? Should, I mean, we're talking about watches tonight. Should, should we get into it? I feel like... It's a little unceremonious at this point, but yeah, I think we should talk watches tonight. Yeah. Can I can I dive right into it? I wish you would. So so this idea, <clears throat> I haven't I we haven't titled the episode yet. I think I think Daddy will probably make a title that'll some sort of SEO yeah. friendly optimization. Um, my thinking on it is is the watches we think we should buy, maybe should, but probably shouldn't, and won't. Subtitle, guiltless pleasure watches. My whole this is so this is an idea of of my of my brain because I was looking at watches as one does, and I'm I find myself regularly looking at the Speedmaster. I love the Speedmaster. It's not just iconic; it's got this legacy to it. I mean, it is an icon in the watch world and it's undeniably an icon and not, not just an icon because it's cool but because it's really earned its place. It's got all the cool check marks. The technology is cool. It's done cool shit. It has no water resistance. It's awesome. <laughs> is that, that's a cool hope. That's a uh, cool check mark. <laughs> yeah, they haven't updated the one thing that we really want updated with <laughs> such a cool watch, uh, but they hold on to it because you don't need water resistance in space. So it's got all these things. And now it's also beautiful. And I love it. I love looking at it. I love holding it. I love looking at pictures of it. I hate wearing it. It doesn't fit me right. The only thing I've ever worn it on 
that felt kind of okay was a manky strap. But everything feels good on a manky. So maybe that's a pitch for, for more manky straps. Like get a Speedmaster and a manky and you're good. But <laughs> I was trying to think. I was like, why do I want this watch so bad that I know I won't wear because I don't like the way it fits? Why am I emotionally prepared to spend the money on this watch? Like, well, everyone has one. I see pictures of it. Everything in the watch world says, get a Speedy and you'll be cooler. Which I don't think is necessarily wrong. But it's definitely not right. And that kind of just got my wheels turning of other watches that kind of fall into this category that I just love. Yeah. But no, and and I love them for good reason, right? It's not like these weird novel one-off watches that you love it because it's like, I've never seen anything like this before. Nothing like this exists. It's just, it's weird cool. Yeah. Not those watches, because those are plenty, there's plenty of those in the world. These iconic, big, common watches that everyone loves, that even I love, that just are not for me. And trying to just cut those out of my daily view of like, ah, I should look at this. I kind of feel like buying a watch. Yeah. Get it off the tape. Get it off the plate. I just don't need to worry about that watch. We're proclaiming our we're proclaiming our desire to not buy these I'm watches. Breaking up with that watch. <laughs> I like that. This is the um this is it's the not breakup you. episode. It's me. Don't no, go it's not away me. Mad. It's it's you. You're <laughs> the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that was my thinking. And that kind of got me stirring into this idea of what are these, what are watches that we're inundated by or that are popular that we don't not like them, but they're just straight not for me. And despite everyone making them feel like they should be for me, they're not for me and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This is, this watch is not for me and that's okay. I've come to, I'm coming to terms with that tonight. I'm accepting it. Yeah, that's the first good. stage of grief, right? <laughs> that's right. So you, you know, we've we've each picked picked watches, and as we do, we've sort of shared the watches. You you know, you started off with the Speedy, and I think you're kind of uh, on record as having that uh, position about the Speedy. Uh, looking through our lists, I think it makes sense for me to start uh, just based on the watches we've picked. Uh, and so my first watch is, is kind of a twofer. Um, it, it makes sense as a twofer, though. It, it makes sense as a twofer. Um, it, it's not so. So it's more than one watch. But this is a watch. So when we came into the hobby, really at the same time, so 2015, late 2015-ish, mm-hmm. we both sort of started doing the thing that you do, started rabbit holing, um, uh, spiraling de- the death spiral down this strange world. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And um, at the time, watches were different than they are now. Not significantly, um, but we were still sort of in big watch times. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, the tail end of the wrist platter. Uh, there were fewer micro brands. Yeah, there's been quite an awakening in the last six years that's right that's right there were um just generally i think fewer options you know which is not to say that today you couldn't come in and and do the same you you know deep dive rabbit hole type of thing but i i'm sure it's different now right if you Mm -hmm. want a 500 hundred dollar watch um golly I, i think you'd almost be killed with the amount of options you have and and i don't think that that was really the case in 2016 so it was but i think the caliber of watch was different i think if a 500 hundred dollar watch six years ago is is a much 
lower quality yeah. than what you're going to get out of a $500 watch now. Yeah, I think I, now I, it might even be harder to get into watches at that price point. It, per, perhaps, perhaps. You, you know, I, I remember thinking at the time that you had, you know, you had watches like Bernhardt, mm-hmm. um, which still today make a gr- makes a great watch. Um, but, well, hell, there's another watch uh, that, that I'm probably coming to terms with the fact I'm never going to own a Bernhardt, and that's okay. Um, but, you, you know, there was this process that we all kind of went through, right, which involved SKX Mako, SNK, um, this, like, litany of these these regulars, these, you, you know, when we started doing our best of lists, we would say, no Bambino, mm-hmm. no SKX, no. So my first watch is is the Orient Bambino. Um, and I'm going to also sort of tag in the Seiko cocktail time because that was the affordable dress watch, the Bambino was, mm-hmm. when I started collecting right it was like well if you've got under 200 bucks to spend and you want a dress watch get a bambino and and if you want to spend a little bit more get a cocktail time Mm -hmm. uh that classic blue sort of light blue almost periwinkle uh dialed cocktail time for at the time about 300 bucks good luck now and and the bambino for you know 150 100 to 150 dollars uh never bought another one and and it was i think looking back odd that i didn't i know you did at some point mm-hmm. buy a bambino um i believe you still own the bambino i do i don't sell watches yeah <laughs> and <laughs> i can break up with them on air but i'm certainly not going to break up with an irl you, you know there's this um that there's been this sort of thing in my brain about that watch uh all this time like i really should just get a bambino i should just get a bambino um to try it to own it to enjoy it or or not um and perhaps i should just get a cocktail time uh i I think at this point i'm not gonna do it you're okay with that and i'm okay with it i'm never gonna be the owner of an orient bambino for all sorts of good reasons. We don't need to go in. You know, th- again, so this isn't uh us criticizing anybody's decisions. You own a Bambino and I'm not criticizing your decision to have bought one. I've just come to a place where I'm okay with the idea that I'm not a Bambino owner. Because more isn't always more. Sometimes more is just gluttonous. And you don't need a Bambino. You have alternatives in that realm that you don't need a Bambino or a cocktail time. I, I actually don't know that I do, um, w- which is which is interesting. Um, you have a watch with the Omega logo at the 12 o'clock. That fits in any category. Well, sure, <laughs> but but I don't think I have a direct analog, right? No, you and, certainly don't. And, and that's, a, that's okay too, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I need that watch. I don't need the sort of slightly oversized you know kind of boring not quite a dress not quite a sport watch i just don't think i need it i can dig that i like mine i still wear it sometimes i just don't have many occasions to wear a straight dress watch yeah but when i do i wear it slightly oversized not quite a dress watch yeah yeah (laughs) but it's a smoking deal if you're trying to get into a dress watch for under 200 bucks 
that's the one. Yeah, I mean, it's still today. If someone were to call me and be like, I need a groomsman watch and I want to spend a hundred bucks, I'm I'm probably going to at least recommend they look at that. Yeah. I wish they'd just, just bring it down a little bit in size, though. Gosh, it'd be perfect at 38. Yeah, 38 would be great, and and either 18 or 20 20 millimeter lugs. Yeah, 21's weird. Is it 21? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking weird. Yeah, 38 and 20 would be I thought it was 19, and I bought a 19 millimeter strap for it, and I put it on, and I was like, well, that fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just knew it was a weird size. I didn't bother, bother measuring it. God damn it. 21. Now I have a 19 millimeter leather strap for nothing. (laughs) someday i'll find use for it what do you got oh you know i'm gonna stay in that vein i'm gonna go with the skx yeah and there's a lot of reasons why i why an skx is off the table for me and let's let's put ourselves in a time warp in a world where the skx is still available in production for 185 bucks for 185 bucks i still don't buy it I think the design is great. Again, it's a, an iconic watch. It is the golden era, the darling even of entry level watches. And and you know, I said earlier that it's it was easier to find now a really quality watch for five hundred bucks than it was even six years ago. The SKX is the very notable exception to that statement. A prospect, no bullshit watch for under 200 bucks. It's well designed, that looks good, and is now, and even was at the time, the darling of the watch world. Yeah. It, it was the, the watch that brought us through the dark times. Yeah. Not, not to besmirch the man's <laughs> name at all, but the Kobe Bryant of watches. Not really as good as the towers on on either side of him uh many many deficiencies (laughs) totally ineffective in many many ways however brought us through that dark 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 time in just such a enjoyable and uh appealing way and it's for those reasons that i feel like i should have one i feel like having owned a lot of watches and liking watches to not have an skx is weird but it's not weird it just never was my thing i chose a mako because i liked the design more i would pick the mako again every day i still like the mako more but for some reason i feel like i need to own an skx and seeing thousands of skx pictures on instagram every day is not helpful in my break up with skx yeah you said something earlier when we were talking through this episode that you you know i can't remember your phrasing but basically that you know you've gotten peer pressure to buy an skx or perhaps a a a speedmaster i can't remember which it was maybe both Both. all all the watches really but you know (laughs) and and i kind of called you out a little bit in a friendly way but like who's actually pressuring you andrew seiko right me, I'm pressuring me because I want to be cool. I want people to know that I have an SKX. I would never wear the thing. But I want people to know that I have it. Yeah. Because I want it. it. 
isn't that interesting uh, to because to, obviously I feel the same thing in in many ways, right? Isn't that interesting to realize that there's no actual pressure, right? The pressure is completely manufactured, it, which doesn't make it less real. It makes it more real. It, it's complete, it's the voice in the back of your head. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We n- nobody needs you to buy an SKX, and in fact, nobody cares if you buy an SKX. Besides, perhaps you or the guy selling it. That's right. He wants you to buy. He wants you to buy an SKX. But is it? I mean, for such an like. I mean, now I've I've mentioned arguably two of the most iconic watches. Certainly in our space. Yeah, yeah, in our space. I mean, that I feel like I should have (laughs) because I feel like everyone else has them. I don't think that's a good enough reason to buy either. Yeah, no, that's that's right. And and that's an important piece of this, right? Is it, it, there's no good reason to buy a watch besides you wanting that watch. Yeah, but I want them. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I want all of them. I just know that the SKX again would be a space filler. I have other things that I would wear more that I like more. I just want it to have it because I want people to know that I have it. Yeah. You you know, and it may be at 180 bucks. You take the flyer, right? It's like, yes. oh, I'll just get one. I'll just get one and I'll put it on the, the shelf. Well, what about I'll, a Bambino? Bucks. I think you can get a Bambino for like 80 bucks. Yeah. Um, but I don't even like it enough for that. You, you know, I think also I'm at the point where I'm, realizing I have more watches than I ultimately would like to have and I'm finding it difficult to part with any of them. So buying more watches that I don't really want doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I think we've both kind of hit that natural pause yeah. in our watch purchasing journey. Like I, I told you earlier that I would buy an SKX if I found one at a pawn shop for under 50 bucks. In part for the story, of finding an SKX at a pawn shop for under 50 bucks. But also because I certainly like it $50 worth. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I think that number is actually probably 100 bucks. You're probably right. Yeah. 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 yeah no, that that's right, too. And, and, and worst case scenario, you'd buy it and like, okay, I've owned one and now I can sell it for yeah. 250 or whatever. Uh, yeah, no, and that could, I mean, that's the kind of thing that could, could absolutely happen. Yeah. But I think otherwise, our, our natural pause and purchasing is i'm gonna probably have this forever right i'm gonna be a lot more diligent in my purchases because we've kind of felt out that space of i like this i don't like this this is what i want these are the things that i'm looking for the things that i want and just have a a more refined eh, yeah a better refined feeling on what we want out of a watch yeah you know, I have recently started sort of mentally selling watches, which is different than actually selling watches, um, but <laughs> mentally reducing the size of my watch box. And, and I think I think perhaps one of the things I'm going to do here, and I'd, I'd have to do it more carefully than I did at, at the beginning, um, is to, you know, because I'm not a big purchase guy. Big purchases make me uncomfortable. Um, but I've got all these watches that are not worth all of that much, right? Um, you, you know, watches that I can realistically sell for 125 to $250. Um, and, and I've probably got 
10 of those, you know, well, that's, you know, do the math, 1800, 2000 bucks, something like that. I was going to say 250, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, you, you know, so I like that idea. I like being able to sell a bunch of watches and then make a, you know, I think I've got, I've got a couple watches that are kind of on the, um, on the, I may buy this, um, uh, list. And so what I may do is do that, sell those watches, get the big purchase, the keeper, and then slowly collect another 10 kind of cheap that I don't need this forever watches. Mm-hmm. And then when I get too many, I'll sell those and I'll get the next big watch. And I don't know, that may be how, how I approach this. I don't really know. So I'm going to I'm going to use my next watch here because I think it sort of segues nicely with yours as the owner of an SKX. Mm-hmm. I realized the watch I'm probably not going to buy is an SRP Turtle. Mm. Um that's been on and off your list a lot. It it has. Yeah, and and I think I think at this point I feel confident that I just don't need to have one. You you know, I think as between the two, the SKX or the SRP Turtle, I prefer the aesthetics of the SKX. Um, obviously, the SRP Turtle is a better watch in, in a number of ways. Objectively in every way. Um, but I don't like the aesthetics as much. Uh, and if Debbie's listening, you can give me grief about the way I pronounce my words uh, via DM. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to send you voice memos like pronunciation classes. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't like it as much. And uh, and, and I'm going to keep that SKX probably forever. How much of it do you think is sentimental? The SKX? That argument between the two. Zero percent. There's no sentimentality attached to the SKX? That makes you like it more? No, I am sentimental. I, I think it's just a much more attractive watch. Okay. Yeah, it, uh, it, yeah. I mean, I've written a lot of words no, about I... about the SKX, and I and I have uttered many uh, words about the SKX, and I still today believe them all. I think it's really a, a, a wonderful watch. And so, do I need an SRP turtle? Would I be? Would I be? Would my life be improved at all? And, and I think the answer is just no. I have my entry level Seiko diver. For life, I'm, it's my bestie. We're we're uh, you, you know rider dies. It's also not really an entry level diver. That's the problem with the SKX. Is it's not exactly an entry level diver, nor is it a turtle. It's somewhere in between, which kind of doomed it from its onset. Yeah, and, and you know I don't care at all about the. I don't care at all about the you know, ISO rating. I mean, maybe a little bit, but that's not something I'm worried about. Um, but it does add to the allure, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is a piece of equipment. Um, I like that aspect of it. The All piece right. of piece of equipment aspect. I know yes. we're talking about the SKX and not the turtle. As, as between the two, I think I have the one I need and I don't need the other, I guess is my point. And, and, as per our conversation, I've come to peace with that. I'm gonna do my next. You do you. This is what this was a hard decision for me to make. This was kind of like a band-aid pulling moment 
for me. The Citizen Nighthawk. Yeah. I love this watch. I love this watch a lot. In fact, I almost stole this watch when... when uh, who let us borrow it? Someone let us borrow theirs. Somebody did. I, don't, I apologize I, for not remembering who. I don't remember who it was either. <laughs> We're terrible. Was it Ty? Was it... Uh, was it Clay? Ty Nungenster? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm sorry. We don't remember. You loaned us your watch. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that act of kindness. Uh, but this is a watch that I love to death. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's a little big. It's a clunker. It's quirky and gorgeous. I think it's just not for me. I mean, I can appreciate a Ferrari. But it's just not for me. Or Tesla's maybe more appropriate because a Ferrari's a little bit unobtainium. Tesla's, you know, in the realm of reasonable. This is really reasonable. They're on Joma Shop for two twenty five right now, brand new in box. Yeah, and they've been as low as one hundred and eighty. Yeah, I have an alert still set up on Amazon for when they drop, and it's been in my cart. I just never bought it, and it's because I know deep down that it's just not for me. Yeah. Do you think that there is an aspect of this for you that has to do with how special a watch is? Um, do you think that there's an exclusivity threshold for you that makes a watch valuable? Because I I think for the, the Nighthawk, I'm in the same boat. I, I'm probably just never going to own a Nighthawk, and, and I'm okay with that. You, you, you delivered your list before I could, so that was off the table. Um, but... My, th- there's an accountant at my office. We, we lease space to, to some other professionals and there's an accountant at my office and he's got to be 68 if he's a day. Um, and he is not a thoughtful guy uh, in terms of the things he wears or, you know, you can tell he has a watch and it's the watch that he owns and it's a citizen Nighthawk derivative. And, the fact that he just one day, probably 2010 or so, went to Macy's and got this Citizen Nighthawk watch makes me feel like, well, that's not an exclusive watch. I, I can't rationalize that, and I won't rationalize that. That is the SKX. But I think that it, I think they're different in some ways, and we can talk about that. But um, I think that it is. Something that made me feel like, at least subconsciously, well, that's not a special watch. If if Jim, the CPA... <laughs> fucking Jim. If Jim, the CPA, you know, just went to Macy's one day and bought a, a Nighthawk, maybe it's not that special. How many assholes just walked into a Rolex AD 10 years ago and picked up a sub? Well, well, yeah, same. I probably wouldn't buy a sub for exactly that reason, actually, to, to, to be perfectly frank with you. Speedmaster. Yeah, I think a Speedmaster is different, but I'm okay with whatever sort of fictional <coughs> rationalizations my brain has manufactured without my assistance. Um, I knocked over a troll. Yeah, yeah, you did. There's a there's a rock troll, a, ro- a rock star troll. The desk. It's, well, I'm gonna tip it over again. Um, no, I don't. I don't think it's the exclusivity for me. I, I mean, I've said it a hundred times. I make the value. 
You do. Th- this watch, if it were $50 or $500, I would still feel the same about this watch. In fact, I might feel more about it if it were $50 and had all this cool shit. It just isn't right for me, Yeah. which bums me out because I want this watch to be right for me. That's why I say it's kind of a hard breakup. Yank the Band-Aid. You, you it's know, not for me. A watch that didn't quite make my list today because I haven't, I, I'm not ready to break up with her yet, but the the Boulevard Lunar Pilot, mm. which I always want to call the Lunar Lander, but mm-hmm. that's, I realize it's Pilot. Uh, I think it may be kind of the same thing. It's like, I, that watch might not be for me. That watch is my, it's the same as Speedmaster for me, except it's far slabbier. Yeah, but it's a big watch. <clears throat> To, for the exclusivity, so I I signed up and tried to buy the uh, the Smiths Aventurine that came out mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, a week and a half ago. Yeah, only because I love the Smiths Everest. I fucking hate the riveted bracelet. I hate yeah. it. Yeah, I could care less about the Aventurine dial. I just wanted the Jubilee bracelet. And then I would eventually get an Everest and, put, <laughs> and swap them out and, and bring the two together. Yeah. Uh, but it, no, it, for me, the exclusivity is there's actually even a, a touch of annoyance for me on like things being super exclusive. I'm annoyed when I want to buy things and I can't buy it. Like when the bots bought out the entire stock of inventory right. immediately. Right. Like I had it in my cart. I hit right. right I was up. I set an alarm and I got up and at 5.59, I'm watching the seconds. I hit refresh one second before six, hit add to cart and then went to check out. And in those 12 seconds, gone. it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Which bugged me. I want to be able to buy the things I want to get. Yeah. And and I don't, I don't think that there's, at least for me, I don't find value in the, I find value in the diamond and the rough. Not in the speakeasy that you have to enter through the cooler door yeah. that nobody's allowed into. Because I don't care about being the only person at the party. I'm not cool enough to be the only person in the party. No, I think that's a really good point. I th- and, and, and actually, I really appreciate a watch like the SKX, which anybody and their mother in 2015, yeah. anybody and their mother could buy on Amazon. But nobody did because nobody had heard of it. Mm-hmm. You couldn't buy it at Macy's. Jim doesn't have an SKX because Jim has a Nighthawk. That's right. <laughs> so you, you know there's I, I think it's odd i think the watches that appeal to us um it's really odd there's it, some story there though there's some some legend associated with that that's what i mean the sentimentality with the skx there's some of that pedestal that it's on of the the things of lore and the legend of you know you gotta find it and you gotta hunt for it i'm not saying you're wrong but i'm saying that those are like those are emotions tied sure. to that. Sure. Right. You, you know, to buy an SKX, you had to have like read about it on a forum. It was very much part of the, I'm actually learning about watches yeah. process. Yeah. Whereas you could still go to Macy's or Fred Meyer and buy a Nighthawk. I think today you could buy a Nighthawk at Fred Meyer right now. I tried one on a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I tried on the Bull of a Curve and a Citizen Nighthawk. And I was like, man, I still fucking love these things, but. <laughs> just that's just not it yeah the curve is cool the curve fits really good you gonna try one on uh i have tried one on i think i tried one on in mexico with you i like them yeah but i hate them yeah <laughs> that's also a big watch 
Yeah, well, it's Bulova. Yeah, it's it's a big old Bulova. <laughs> it's just a big old Bulova watch. So my last watch, also a double here. <coughs> Shocking! You cheated I, a lot. I've only written one down, but I I realized as we've started talking that there's actually two watches here. Um, the first one, the one written down, is the Archimedes Outdoor, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting pick. Y- yeah, because it's not really a ubiquitous watch. Yeah. Like, I'm also not ever going to own a Calatrava. Right. <laughs> well, I'm just not going to buy one. But an Archimedes Outdoors is is accessible. Super, yeah. It, it's, you know, they're they're under $1,000, I believe, or at least very close to that. They're um, about 15 but take whatever. Yeah, I, I think they're less than 15 but um, right about 1000 bucks for an out, Archimedes Outdoor. Um but I think it's very much one of these watches that's really um, highly appreciated by the owners. Mm-hmm. It comes up often in the Zen 556 conversations, right? Yep. And, and the reason I'm going to add a watch here is because I think that there's another watch that comes up in that conversation that I'm also not probably ever going to own and that is the damasco ds1 mm. um, well, <laughs> I, I think both of these watches are beautiful i think both of these watches are clearly performers you know in every mm-hmm. in every metric that you could want to watch to perform in um having worn a DS1 having, I'm not worn an outdoor, I'll tell you that right now, um, but having worn a 5.56 and having worn a DS1, I know for me, I if I got a DS1 or if I got an outdoor, I would always just want it to be the 5.56 because that's the watch that I like more. Mm. I, want, I want the 5.56, if anything, which is not to say I actually maybe even want a 5.56, but if I want that watch... The five five six is the one I want. Is that a is is this a commentary on analogs or on not homages but similarly? I'm just wondering because a DS one yeah. and and a and a five five six are they could be cousins. They could be. Yeah, I think they were designed not necessarily in a vacuum, independent of one another, but kind of. I think all three of them probably were. Would be if I had to guess because they're they're. Exceptionally simple watches. Mm-hmm. They're all very well made. They're all that very Bauhausy, but kind of fleegery, yeah, yeah, super simple. Yeah, more than Bauhaus, but, but still like that, just just Spartan design. That very German. Yeah, yeah. That's timeless, but really modern all at the same time. Yeah, you know I. I that's funny that you say that because as I was as I was saying these things, I realized that maybe there is some commentary there, right? You, you know, and, and maybe in many ways, maybe in many ways, that is part of what we have to do here is realize w- which watch do you actually want, mm-hmm. um, and and if getting there requires you to try the others. Um, then by all means, uh, try them, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I just know emotionally speaking, perhaps not in any sort of physical sense, but just emotionally, of those three watches, 
The five five six is just the one I I respond to the best. The one that I want. You're the one that I want. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so maybe that is part of it, right? Uh, analogs, right? If we're going to talk about analogs, like why would I buy an outdoor when? And actually, I think the Archimedes Outdoor is is an ugly watch in any number of ways. Uh, I don't like the lug design. I don't particularly like the dial. The spacing on the markers is weird, and there's some clutter and. You, you know, there's all sorts of things I don't like about that watch that I could tell you about. But but at the end of the day, that's not really the important bit of this. The important bit is it's just not the one that I want. This was supposed to be like kind of breakup watches. Not yeah, like, well, I've broken up with the outdoor. Heidi, you know, I understand that you really want me, but <laughs> I'm, you're too busy. I'm, okay. I'm breaking up with the outdoor and with the DS1 yeah. right now. They're both out of my life for forever. Okay. That's funny you picked that. And, and uh, I I was not exactly sure seeing your watch, the, the, the list that you sent me, seeing that watch, the, the position you were going to take. Because uh, my final watch is the Zen 556. Yeah. It's a watch that, again, for all the reasons you've talked about, that you love it, I love it too. I've worn it. It just isn't right. It just, it, it, I don't, I can't put my finger on what it is that I don't like about it in the way of a watch. The other thing that I don't like about it is it's impossible to buy. That bugs me a lot. Get your shit together. Because if this watch were available with any kind of regularity, I would have impulse bought this watch. And I will probably would be now in a position where I was selling it to you. Um, but it just doesn't, it doesn't scratch that itch. It rubs it and it kind of alleviates it, but it doesn't get rid of it. <laughs> it's when you have that itch on your ankle and you can get to it and you have relief as your fingernail is on it. Yeah. And as soon as you pull it away. It's, it's scratching a mosquito bite. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, it feels good. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but I, every time I see this watch, I'm like, God, I fucking love that watch. I'm gonna buy that watch. And I like look at the bank and I like look around. I'm like she's not here. I can get away with this. <laughs> There's some purchases that I can make that are gonna have a consequence, but not dire. That's a not dire consequence. I'd be, she'd be pissed. I get an ass chewing, but I've had my ass chewed before, right? <clears throat> and I go to buy it. And I'm like, fuck. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pay more for it used. No. Yeah. That's not how shit works. And as a function of that, have not. So maybe it's good. It hasn't been available anywhere but on the secondary market. But it just, it, Clay brought one and I loved it. It just, it hugs to your wrist. It's gorgeous. It's simple. It's all the things that I like out of a watch. But I don't like it, even though I love it. And that's okay. It's just not for me. You just buy an Archimedes Outdoor. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. You, you know, we talked a little bit before we started, like, some of this episode is just going to be reconciling what all this means. D- d- I mean, it probably means nothing. Here we are. It's Tuesday night. For you, it may be Thursday morning or Friday morning or whatever, right? Um, none of this means really anything. I think that... In in the grand scheme of things, 
as I, as we discussed earlier with the peer pressure or the lack thereof, nobody actually cares what watches you own. I think that's an important comment to make. And I think that's important to hammer home. You're, we're all a part of this community. If you're listening to a watch podcast, you are a part of the community. Yeah. Owning a Speedmaster does not make you a part of the community. Yeah. Being a part of the community makes you a part of the community. You're not cooler for owning a Speedmaster. You're also not cooler for listening to us. I want to make that super clear that I'm not saying that you're cooler for listening to us. I don't know if that's true. I think that you might be cooler if you listen to us. G- given the alternatives, we're number five. I think we are the SKX. Perhaps. A watch podcast. Perhaps. A little harder to find. <laughs> Not quite as mechanically uh, effective. Got a weird jangly bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is. This is a community of people who have, for some reason, we've circled the wagons around this antiquated meaningless but also super meaningful thing Mm -hmm. and you are good enough without a speedmaster if you have one i also appreciate you but not owning a speedmaster or a 556 or an skx or a bambino doesn't detract from what you bring to the table and nor does nor does not owning one nor does not owning one have any significant effect right the you, you know the hashtag not a speedy uh or not a speedy pro i can't yeah remember not i don't own a speedmaster yeah or, or whatever right it's like that nobody cares what you own or don't own yes. for that matter you, you know we i wanted to circle back for just a second before we get too far down the road because um <laughs> I think that the 40 and 20 jingle is the SKX Jubilee bracelet. I'm just, this has just occurred to me as you were saying that uh, the 40 and 20 bump, bump, bump is the SKX Jubilee. Uh, We can move on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, or not, we don't need to move on. We can stay there. That was, I mean, that was my whole thinking behind this episode was why, why do I feel What is making me feel pressured to buy something that I don't particularly want or like? And it's me. It's me in my head seeing these other people with something that I like. It's kind of like this envy, like this thing envy. Like, I want that. Turns out I don't. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with appreciating a Speedmaster and putting it on when I get to see one in person. I mean, like, yep, still making the right choice. But I still really appreciate this watch. Yeah, and and you know, I think that that enjoying watches doesn't require acquiring watches too. You you know, that's another important thing. You, you, people often, like for instance, Will gives me a hard time because I very rarely buy things. I talk about things I'd like to buy all the time, and then very rarely buy things. You buy um, weird things, so I, I do you, buy. You I do buy, buy weird things. I buy weird things, and, and and actually, I just know I, I want the weird things, right? Yeah. Um. And and so. If you're if you're in the hobby, and you're not acquiring watches, are you actually in the hobby? And and that probably depends on if you're not buying watches. What is it that you're doing? Um, and and no judgment, right? I think that everybody comes at this at a different level of of engagement. But I think sometimes that's a hard thing to wrap your head around. Like if I'm not buying watches, and I'm not thinking about what watch I'm going to buy, what am I doing here? 
appreciating an art form. Yeah, I think that. Well, I think that's the obvious answer. But yeah. but getting to that point where you can just appreciate without acquiring, maybe takes a little practice. I think it also helps you get a lot more <laughs> diligent in the in what you buy. Like I didn't buy any watches in twenty. Zero watches purchased in twenty twenty. I had a. What I did, I I got got a watch for a birthday present, and I bought a new fifty six hundred. Hmm. But I watch fasted. I like very diligently didn't buy any watches, and then in the first quarter of twenty twenty one, I bought three. It's <laughs> not a big deal, <laughs> but those three watches were really really thought out. Like th- those were those were the watches that we're going to get purchased. And I thought that was, it was, I appreciated that exercise because I bought a lot of watches prior to that, leading up to that. And then very deliberately, like, nope, not going to do it. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to buy and I'm going to know exactly why I'm going to buy it. And then I bought three, um, just bam, bam, bam. Including an Impulse C63. No, the the uh, Alpinist was the impulse. Okay, the C sixty three was love at first sight. That that's an impulse. <laughs> uh, I still love that watch. Yeah, I wear that. I, I wear that watch probably more than anything else, except the, you know my work watch. But um, I knew exactly why I was buying that watch because I looked at the GMT. I looked at the at the Pro, right? Yeah, and wanted the automatic, just the the pure sport. So takeaways, any takeaways? Oh, gosh. No one's telling you you have to buy it. You're not cooler for having it. You're cooler if you like it more, though. Yeah. Like Everett's JDM G-Shock that everyone hates <laughs> is the except, coolest fucking watch he owns. Yeah, except when people see it and they're like, holy shit, that's cool. It's the coolest watch you own. Yeah. As much as I hate it. I <laughs> I wouldn't, if I found one at a pawn shop, I would buy it and give it to you so you could have more. <laughs> I, that's it. That's, that watch is, is kind of the, the cornerstone of this episode. It's weird, but you like it. Nobody else does. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, for me, if there's any takeaways, it's just really, you know, what we've said a hundred times already. It's just that you you don't have to buy it. You you don't have to buy it. You don't have to buy it. Yeah. And no one cares if you do or don't. Do it for you. But Not for the likes. You don't make money on Instagram anymore unless you show your butt. Yeah. We've tried that. It's not, it, it's we, not working. And we well don't make money when yeah. we show our butts. No. Yeah. We did get a little money to stop. Yeah. 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 That's not sustainable. <laughs> Andrew, other things. What do you got? I see them on the table. I brought us a snack. Yeah. Have you had these before? I have not. Uh, are they the, just the standard? I think maybe I have, actually. They're not. They're not. Yeah, no, I haven't had these. So my other thing this week is for adults only. Triple X hot. <laughs> Famous Dave's Pickle Chips. Devil's Spit. But not the standard pickle chips, which are very good, and we've talked it, about them on the show have. before. These are devil's spit, and they are a devilishly good pickle, so tasty, it's almost sinful. 
you're reading copy at this point. You're yeah. not that you're not just it's not exposition. Only the hottest peppers stolen from the devil's own backyard were used. Caution may have aphrodisiac side effects. Famous oh. Dave. Oh my gosh. So we're gonna wrap. Um so these are available basically at any grocery store. Wait, are we gonna eat these now? I'm popular. Yeah, I want to do this. That's why I brought a fork and a Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I said it was a sealed jar, so that so took these, some time. It was brand new. Yeah. So these are just, you know, your typical run of the mill. It says for adults only. It does, triple X hot. I read all I read the jar. Um, <laughs> bread and butter pickle chip or pickles. Sliced like chips. Real spicy and real delicious. I'm trying to think, do I want to go bigger or do I want to go smaller here? Bigger is always better. Because we are in America. Okay. I'm going in. It's the first time we're eating on air. Is that right? We're usually pretty opposed to it. Instant heat. A lot of sweetness. Instant heat. And it just holds. Yeah. It never crescendos. It just holds. Yeah, you don't no, get... It's not overly spicy. It's so good. Although I, I'm I'm getting the instant back of the head sweat. Immediate. It's... I um like to chop these up and use them in tuna. Yeah. It is good on any sandwich if you want a little bit of spice. Because that's the thing. The the impressive part about the spice on these pickles is that it doesn't it doesn't build. It doesn't get you in the back of the throat. It doesn't make you want to cough. You get all the pickle flavor and this really great roof of the mouth kind of back of the tongue heat. And it just holds. It eventually passes. It's not overwhelming. Not overwhelming. Nope. But it's... I am sweating from the back of my head. It's just perfect. So We've talked about the back of the head sweat, right? Yeah. Do you get that? No, I get crown. Okay. Or not crown, like forehead. Oh. Hairline. Oh. Where, where, it's, where it's supposed to be, not where it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get to the grocery store. These are so good on like pulled pork, anything barbecue, because yeah. it's famous Dave's, right? That's the yeah. whole, the whole background. Behind You're gonna this get company. a lot of that sweetness, yeah. super sweet. All that sweet pulls and all the heat pulls. It's so good. This is my other thing: famous Dave's Devil Spit pickle chips, and that is like the perfect degree of of spicy, but not hurt. It doesn't hurt at all, at all. Zero pain. It's just like the perfect amount of big heat but not pain and it's not even it's not you don't taste the heat yeah it's just warm you taste pickle but you feel the heat man that's really good that's a good other thing it's also like a show and tell because it brought a snack yeah that's right <laughs> uh you know it's spicy enough that i can't remember what my other thing is so it's i guess gone. we just wrap yeah have another pickle uh so I got a $50 gift card to Walgreens. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I have questions. <laughs> okay. we All your questions will be answered at another time off air. But I got a $50 gift card to Walgreens. Um, and I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. From like grandma for Valentine's Day or something? Like what's... What am I going to get with 50? You know, you can use it on anything. You can use it on prescription drugs. You can use it on beer, on beer, over-the-counter drugs. You can use it on anything. But I thought, well, 
you get 50 bucks and it was a gift. Uh, what, what should I do with this $50? Um, and so, well, maybe I'll just go sort of walk around. So I've needed a pair of earbuds for a while because I had a pair of earbuds and then they broke and it's a whole thing. And I was going to buy Apple and then I didn't buy the Apple and then I was going to buy this other brand and I got on a pre-order, but they're been sold out for like three months. And so I didn't buy those. And so I've just need, I just haven't had earbuds, which is fine. It's a, a small problems to have. Um, but I saw, so J labs is a brand of headphones and earpods. And in the last several years, they've sort of had a good reputation for making high quality, but affordable stuff. I saw that they had two separate pairs of earbuds. So I got the uh, J Labs Air True Wireless earbuds. They're 30 bucks. I thought, well, for 30 bucks, I'll take a flyer on these. For 30 free bucks. For 30 free bucks, I'll take a flyer on these. They've got like a charging box, just like, you know, every other earbud on the face of the earth now. Um, I won't read specs or whatever, but I just, I put these in my ears. They instantly connected and they're fantastic. I'm like, you know, I'm a guy who drives a 20 year old Lexus because I just don't see. Because they're cooler. Yeah, maybe. But, but also I just like a good deal. Right. And so I put these, the problem is you put a, a high quality pair of $30 earbuds in your ear and you're like, why would I ever spend more than this? And I realize that there's very good reasons why I might, but at some point, you know, there's diminishing returns. I put these things in my ear and I was like, I think these might be perfect. They sound great. I made calls on them. The call quality was supposedly great. Uh, I, I obviously didn't hear it. Uh, <laughs> For the microphone. He heard the call. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, well, maybe I'm a $30 earbud guy. You bought the Go Air True Wireless Bluetooth earbuds plus charging case? So, yes, the Go Air True Wireless plus charging case. There's also They also had another pair called the Go Air Pop. And they were twenty bucks. I did not get the twenty dollars ones. I got the thirty dollars ones. The the black are available on Amazon for thirteen dollars. I don't doubt that for a second. It was Walgreens. Yeah. No, I'm uh, just saying they're available for. The red ones are thirty. Everything are, else and the, the are teal. they the, are they the pops or the the. Go Air, Go yeah. Air, True Wireless. That's the one, man. So thirteen bucks. We'll put it in the show notes. Or twenty bucks. Or 30 bucks? For 13 bucks, man. I'm telling you. Holy crap. They sound great. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely like a consumer grade V, mm-hmm. EQ. Um, but as far as that goes, it was really very good. You, you know, I think that the, the silicone inserts are a little bit inflexible. So I think you may have a bit of fatigue after a while i'm sure you could get aftermarket ones that would be more comfortable but for my part i put them in and it was not real squishy so i suspect that that might bug me after a while but Too i have squishies though they get nasty i haven't had them in my ear for longer than about an hour and for that hour it was totally fine so that's good 13 dollar impulse buy free gift certificate overpaid <laughs> by two times too much earbuds that's my other thing for the week supported local right <laughs> i don't think so 
I don't think so. At least local employees. Yes. Or buy an Amazon. For 13 bucks. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. I that's all I have for things. you. We're right in an hour, which is pretty good for us. Really good for us. Our goal is always an hour. We've made it twice. We, we did not make it today. No. Because it is one hour that, uh, and 18 minutes. I forget where that was, but it showed our metrics. Our average episode length is like 72 minutes. Yeah, hour 17, I think, is where we're at right now. Yeah. yeah. Or no, you're right, hour 12. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's not bad. Also, based on engagement, I think we may be the fifth most popular watch podcast in the world right now. That's what it said. That is what it said. Uh, I, I don't know how they source that information, but... Uh, we're doing big things here, you guys. It's somebody who has no vested interest in us being number five. That's right. I also think it's completely robot-based. So whatever their search criteria it is, they liked us. Yeah. Fifth most popular watch podcast out there. Be, uh, behind, obviously, some pretty great candidates. But also, I think, in front of some folks that I was pretty surprised by. I was shocked. Yeah. That we weren't, like... That we were even on the list was shocking enough to me. <laughs> it was the top 5,000 watch podcasts. <laughs> it's like, man, we're on this list. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Not 5,000. We right. made a list. All right. Closing thoughts. I'm out of things, man. I'm all out of things, too. I don't think I'm going to have any more pickles, though. I'm, I'm going to have one more. They made me a little drooly. My, the back of my head is wet. Yeah, it is. That's why it says it's an aphrodisiac. Hey, thanks you guys for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. If you want to check us out, you can do so on Instagram at 40 and 20 at Watch Clicker. That's where we post pictures and other fun stuff. And you can also go to the website, our website, watchclicker.com. Weekly reviews, articles, a ton of good stuff there. It's a good website, and you should be there regularly. If you want to support Watch Clicker, you can do so at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Also gives you access to our Discord. Fun people, good times. And don't forget to check in. Don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.